Welcome back to the Darting Through the Faith podcast. I'm Father Sean Wilson, and with me is Julia Mon. And how are you doing today, Julia? I'm really spectacular today, Father Sean. How are you? Great. What makes you really spectacular? I'm intrigued. You know, I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's just a great day. We're we're meeting in the morning this time instead of the afternoon. Yeah. The coffee tastes a little bit better in the morning than mm. the afternoon, although it tastes good in the afternoon, too. It Yeah. Um, is there a bad time for coffee? No. Maybe... I don't know. Like if I drank it right before bed, I'd struggle to sleep. Oh yeah. See, I don't even have that problem. Whoa. Like it just does the caffeine just doesn't. Like you can, I need the caffeine. You get it when you need it. And then it doesn't affect you. It to doesn't. Sleep. Wow. It doesn't. It's a clean conscience right there, right? <laughs> sure. Sleeping easy. That's what they say. People who sleep easy at night. Yeah. Clean conscience. Well, yeah, I believe that. Yeah. So for all of you who aren't sleeping. Yeah. That's the, that's the reason why. That's Feel judged. Automatically <laughs> the reason why. Check your soul. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Wow. I'm kidding. Julie Monin also serves as a spiritual director, uh, so you could get some more of that if you want. I would I do sit down <laughs> with people and I would be happy to do that. Right. And this man over here is a confessor, so he'd be happy to meet you up in the confessional too. Yeah. But we don't talk about coffee consumption too much in the confessional. Really? Well. I yeah. Not particularly, I yeah, guess. Yeah, so maybe sometimes maybe. Yeah. Well. Mm. Uh-huh. Can we drop that? Because I don't want to have to confess that I'm addicted to coffee and it might come up here if we start really examining things. Some, uh, sometimes I think coffee consumption is a virtue. So. <laughs> I knew I liked you, it supports It supports the local economy. Mm-hmm. It, there's a debate about whether or not it, it breaks the fast. And generally people say if you drink it black mm-hmm. and there's no like added flavoring, it's mm-hmm. okay to drink before the fast. But if you put yeah. in sugar and creamer, then it's no longer just like flavored water. Yeah. Like you're or, talking about like the spiritual fast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah before the Eucharist. But like if you have blood work done and you have to fast for that, um, which I've done in the past and you know, no fast, but you can have coffee if it's black. Mm. So even like in medical terms, yeah, it's not breaking your yeah. fast. It's supporting people that grow coffee beans. Yeah. So I do it for the economy. <laughs> You lie. In Colombia. Right. No, but it is good. It's yummy. Yeah. All right. We should probably pray. Should we? Okay. In the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for the many gifts that you have given us. We thank you especially this day for the gift of the sacramentals and the way that your love continues to reach us at every moment of our life. We entrust this time into your hands. We entrust it into the hands of the Blessed Virgin Mary, all the angels and saints, and ask them to look over all of those who are listening all of those who are struggling in their faith, and all of those who are, who are questioning your plans for their life. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Did anyone else think Father Sean was going to thank the Lord for coffee? Because I totally thought that's oh, where we were yeah. going. And we he should. Kn- he knows I'm he, grateful for that. He knows. We tell him every day. Yeah, I know. Okay, so you mentioned this in your prayer. We are talking sacramentals today. This is yeah. paragraph 1667 through 1676. That's hard. Like dyslexia. That's yeah, I know. 1667 through 1676 sacramentals. And do you see all this on the table? If you're watching Uh, this, like father Sean came super mega prepared with all of these resources. I am excited to hear what you have to say about all of this. Yeah. I was thinking, I really want to be super mega prepared today. So, so that's it. You are super mega prepared. Well, it was either that or it's like, I don't have anything to say. Let's just show off. (laughs) So okay. that's not true. That's I, not true. Yeah. So where are we in the catechism? Oh, we're in the section on the celebration of Christian mystery, which is normally like the sacraments section, right? So it goes through each of the sacraments after we get to the uh, to the sacraments. So we just finished 
marriage is the last of the sacraments mentioned in the catechism. So we're getting into, it's called chapter four, other liturgical celebrations. So, um, so that's where we are. And we talked about funerals before. Mm -hmm. So this sacramentals goes before the funeral section. So it's the part about, um, sacramentals. Yeah. And, and what is a sacramental father for those of us that don't know? Yeah. So there's a great definition. This first, Mm -hmm. this first uh, paragraph, 1667. They are sacred signs which bear a resemblance to the sacraments. They signify effects, particularly of a spiritual nature, which are obtained through the intercession of the church. By then, men are, men are disposed to receive the chief effect of the sacraments, and various occasions in life are rendered holy. So we might need to break that down a little bit. Yeah, the in brief section on this also gives us a nice little oh, short definition, sure. which would be paragraph 1677. It reads, Sacramentals are sacred signs instituted by the church. They prepare men to receive the fruit of the sacraments and sanctify different circumstances of life. That might be easier to break down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there's a couple things just to differentiate them from sacraments, mm-hmm. right? So the one, when we, you get a definition of a sacrament, those are instituted by Christ, mm-hmm. whereas we hear these are instituted by the church. So that's, that's a huge difference, right? There's no, there's, no, um, there's no place we can point to in the Gospels where Christ instituted the sacramentals. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the church does mm-hmm. for our good. Mm-hmm. So. And they, they kind of are meant to point us to, right, the yeah. sacraments, right? Not, they don't replace the sacraments. They, don't, they certainly aren't more important than the sacraments, but they're to point us to the sacraments and prepare us to receive prepare us to receive the sacraments. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the yeah. other, maybe part of that just to, just to talk about is they're called sacred signs. Whereas in the, the sacraments are called efficacious signs. Mm-hmm. So an efficacious sign basically means it, it brings the effect. So let's say, you know, it, there's symbols in, um, in all the sacraments that are used. And so let's say pouring water over a child's head in, in, um, in baptism, it's not just a sign to say like, Hey, this is happening, but it actually, it's efficacious. It makes an effect. The child is reborn into God's grace. They're cleansed of original sin. So the sacraments are efficacious. Like as long as everything's like hunky dory, like you're using water, you're not using, you know, another clear liquid like Sprite or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and Sprite is not a sponsor of this podcast. It's not product placement. Um, (laughs) as long as you're doing that, like it affects what's happening. Whereas um, the sacramentals are ones that basically they're like, they're sacred signs. So they're like reminders almost mm-hmm. of, of what the, they point us, as you said, they point us to the sacraments. They point us towards Christ, to the saints, to the devotional life. So some examples of sacramentals, what do you got for us? Oh, they're, they're in here in the church. Mm-hmm. Very, or they're in here in the church. They're in the catechism of the church. I followed you. I yeah. was just going to let that roll. Well, <laughs> I wasn't. I, oh, I guess s- I'm jumping ahead. I'm sorry. Because yeah. the next section talks about characteristics of sacramentals. I guess we've kind of just touched on that. And then it, then we get into a section of the various forms of sacramentals. So, so maybe sure. we shouldn't get there just yet. But the, the characteristics of sacramentals. So sacramentals are instituted for the sanctification of certain ministries of the church, certain states of life, a great variety of circumstances in Christian life, and the use of many things helpful to man. So this word sanctification, too, I know this seems like... Um, like very elementary. Sure. But I, I always try to put myself back where I was 10, 15 years ago. And words like this, though I heard them every day and though I grew up hearing them, they weren't necessarily words that I necessarily 
was comprehending. So what does that even mean, sanctification? Basically to make holy. So to make holy um, certain ministries of the church or states in life or aspects, mm-hmm. so to make those holy, but also, so, um, so that's like what God does, but also for us to set aside those moments for the Lord, mm-hmm. to say that each and every moment of my life when big things happen, um, there is there's something the Lord is doing there and to, to recognize that, to, mm-hmm. to offer those to the Lord. So there's mm-hmm. this, and yeah, we'll get to this in the blessings part. There's this like double aspect of the sacraments, sacramentals of our like blessing God and God asking God to bless this is kind of like a, a mm-hmm. both and there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. sanctification, that was, sanctification. A, I was like, what was the original question <laughs> to make holy? To make holy. Yeah. Um, they always include a prayer often accompanied by a specific sign such as the laying on of hands, the sign of the cross or the sprinkling of holy water, which recalls our baptism. This, right. uh, that was all I was reading from paragraph 1668. Um, so going on, I think this is what you were talking about here. Sacramentals derive from the baptismal priesthood. Every baptized person is called to be a blessing and to bless. Hence, lay people may preside at certain blessings. Then it goes on to say, the more a blessing concerns ecclesial and sacramental life, the more it is it administrative administration reserved to the ordained ministry. So bishops, priests, deacons. Some examples of that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, like the, there's a special blessing for the, a meal on St. Joseph's feast day. Okay. A meal is one that, you know, anybody could do that, Mm -hmm. right? Anybody could do that meal prayer, which happens all the time because Mm -hmm. people pray before meals all the time and you don't have to call father to pray before every meal. Cause then I'd be eating a lot and (laughs) I'd be real big. Um, but then on the other end of the spectrum, the dedication and the consecration of an altar is reserved to a bishop. So, and then like things in between, you know, the, the, the blessing of vessels for mass of like a chalice that is reserved for a priest, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, even a deacon can't do that one. That's so, mm-hmm. and so that's just like this distinction. The more they're tied to the sacraments, mm-hmm. the more um, they're reserved for those who are in holy orders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot, a lot of, of sense. sense. Yeah. Um, but to remember that then, but yes, like you mentioned, like you point out with the meal blessing, that lay people, as virtue of our baptism, it's pointing out here, every baptized person is called to be a blessing and to bless. Right. right? Okay. So, um, so like with our holy objects that we bring to priests for special blessings. Sure. Is there like a limit of that, of what we should be bringing to you and what maybe we could bless ourselves or? Oh, that's a great question. Should oh, we should we look it up as we're official resources? Yeah, my, I I don't think I don't think like oh, I guess I shouldn't I shouldn't say anything. Okay, I actually know, <laughs> and this might actually take me a little while to okay. look up because there's almost 900 pages in this book. Okay, no problemo, and maybe we can come back to that too. Um, yeah, when we get there. When we get there, I'll yeah. see you when we get there. So as you're looking for that, let me go on. We'll wrap up this section of the characteristics of sacramentals is what we're talking about now. In paragraph 1670, sacramentals do not confer the grace of the Holy Spirit in the way that the sacraments do, which is what we've been talking about, but by the church's prayer. They prepare us to receive grace, and then they dispose us to cooperate with it. So this is this idea that, that our hearts are open to receive the grace of the sacraments. They dispose us, dispose our hearts in a way to cooperate with the graces we receive at that time. Um for well-disposed members of the faithful, the liturgy of the sacraments and sacramentals sanctifies almost every event of their lives with a divine grace, which flows from the paschal mystery of the passion, death, and resurrection of Christ. 
From this source, all sacraments and sacramentals draw their power from the Paschal Mystery of Christ. There is scarcely any proper use of material things which cannot be thus directed toward the sanctification of men and the praise of God. So this idea that sanctifying these, these quote-unquote, ordinary things in our lives, raising them up, making them holy, using them for a divine purpose. Right. Yeah. And so I actually had a cool one that just happened yeah. recently. Okay. Uh, a parishioner celebrated her 16th birthday. Okay. And, uh, and they asked me to come. I could only stay for like 10 minutes or mm-hmm. something like that. I was just had something else going on. But swung by, and then they asked me to bless the car that she would be driving on her Ooh. 16th birthday. So there's a there's a blessing for automobiles. Okay. Do you think like that's just a very ordinary thing? Most mm-hmm. of us have a car, but to ask that to be set aside for for sacred use because you mm-hmm. think about travelers are ones mm-hmm. that there's always particular blessings for travelers, whether they're mm-hmm. going on pilgrimage or something like mm-hmm. that. So. So we blessed the car on our 16th birthday. That's really awesome. Yeah. You're going to get so many calls now. I would be great. I <laughs> would be great. Yeah. And, uh, and then you can make a whole lot of jokes about, you know, 16 year olds being bad drivers. So. <laughs> you mean you did that? When oh you yeah, were there? I oh, did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> no comment. I was gonna say it doesn't stop at 16 necessarily. Well, that's <laughs> true, but, um, um but the oh. jokes are funniest when okay. you know, okay. you can poke fun at high schoolers who have all of their friends there and then father shows up and they're kind of embarrassed, yeah. but you can tell they really, they are happy yeah. to have their car blessed. Yeah. So yeah, it's great. That's, that's, an actual, that's a great idea. Okay. So good. So you raised that up to like, to be used for divine use. You like invited God into this incredibly right. ordinary temporal situation. So right. To speak. This is what sacramentals do. do. Yes. Yeah. To various okay. degrees. Some are more, you know, like the mm-hmm. consecration of an altar is very mm-hmm. different to a 16th birthday car mm-hmm. being blessed, mm-hmm. but they're mm-hmm. all, it's all part of it. And so that word too, that you use this consecration, because my understanding is that that's different too. Like a consecration is beyond just a blessing, yeah. right? To bless and to invite God into the situation. A consecration is actually being raised up to be used for some divine purpose. Right. And so we consecrate the altar to be used for this divine purpose. We consecrate the chalice to be used for this divine purpose. We can even consecrate ourselves, right? To Our Lady, to the Blessed Mother, to be used for some divine purpose. Yeah. And consecrate probably is kind of tied to like being set aside. Yes. So you think about like a chalice is consecrated. Mm. It's set aside to be only, like the only thing that should ever go in that chalice is wine to become the blood of Christ and water to purify it. Like, so it's mm-hmm. set aside only for that. Like mm-hmm. an altar, if, um, yeah, if it's not going to be used as an altar, like it just, it should be, you know, like should you, you shouldn't, shouldn't be your to, dinner table right. or something like that. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's set aside for a particular thing. Yeah. Okay. That's good stuff. Yeah. 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 And you even think about like that a consecration of somebody entering religious life mm-hmm. into like a becoming a sister or brother, mm-hmm. like they're being set aside for this, this singular purpose. Like they're saying, you know, that's their vocation. So mm-hmm. yeah. That's good stuff. Sure. I believe that was in here somewhere. Oh yeah. So that was in paragraph 1672 where we're talking about various forms of sacramental. Uh, yes. So certain blessings have a lasting importance because they consecrate persons to God or reserve objects and places for liturgical use. So that's what we were just discussing there. Yeah. Do we talk 1671? Nope. Okay. So among sacramentals, blessings of persons, meals, objects, and places come first. Every blessing praises God and, pr- and prays for his gifts. So that's like that twofold. It praises, praises God, like that's us, and then mm-hmm. asking him to bless this object in Christ. Um, this is why the church imparts blessings by invoking the name of Jesus, usually while making the holy sign of the cross of Christ. So I brought 
the book of blessings, which um, is debatable. So this is like, this was new after the second Vatican council. Okay. It will just like um, redone. Mm-hmm. Most people would say it's kind of in need of another revision, but okay. we'll leave that. We'll leave that to the side. Probably shouldn't have even brought it up because you, like they, a, f- a friend of mine or a, a brother priest did a doctoral dissertation on the book of blessings. Oh. So you could really, you oh. know, you could really dive into some oh. stuff there. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, so there's bless, there's more blessings than you could ever imagine. I mean, mm. and so the first section is like ones related to people. So like an anniversary of, of, uh, of a marriage, the blessing of an engaged couple, I think is in, yep. Is in there. The blessing of parents before childbirth. So like, if your water breaks, you could call me and I come give you. But I'm joking. No joke, but I you gave you came over before I went in and yeah. gave me the blessing, yeah. which was really right. special. Af- there's one of after childbirth. There's one of a unbaptized child. Mm-hmm. So there's all those. There's actually ones blessings of a of parents after a miscarriage. That's kind of a that's an important one. Tough time. The sick. So blessing of the sick. So that's something you would use like if. Somebody doesn't really need the sacrament of the anointing of the mm-hmm. sick, but just kind of, you know, they're struggling with mm-hmm. something less serious. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of stuff. Blessing of students and teachers, pilgrims. All right. And then blessings of buildings. So like a new building, a new, a new library, parish hall, office shop or factory. I've done that one a number mm-hmm. of times. Blessings of means of transportation, boats and fishing gear. I don't think I've done that one. What I have done though, is an airplane. Somebody mm-hmm. asked me to bless their private airplane, which is a, it's a, it's a long story there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then there's a lot related to farming. So the blessings of seeds at planting times, and then those used for liturgical use. So like a new baptismal font, a new presidential chair, new church doors. That's kind of cool. Mm. Yeah. The blessing of an organ. Yeah. There's all sorts of stuff. And then the religious articles. So there's kind of general ones. There's ones for, Rosaries. There's ones for the conferral of the scapular. <laughs> there is construction going on yeah. outside. And they be drilling. And we are feeling that right now in the studio. <laughs> yeah. So <Wow. laughs> it almost felt like a little earthquake there, didn't it? It really did. Uh, okay. Blessings on mo- uh, for mothers on Mother's Day. There are blessings of construction equipment. Yeah. I'm sure there is. <laughs> Yeah. Perhaps. So anyways, there's a whole lot. There's Uh a blessing for an installation of a new pastor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I get removed, man, this just keeps getting worse. This is great. That's bad. Yeah. Blessing in time of earthquakes. (laughs) I need to bless this building. I don't know. Seriously, that's bad. I mean, they are outside, but it is rocking it up here. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Okay. So those, those are, so blessings of. As it says, of people, of objects, of meals, of places. That okay. kind of kind of gets the whole the whole uh, gamut. And some of the some of the objects are like secular use, like construction equipment, mm-hmm. and some are liturgical use, like mm-hmm. new altar. Mm-hmm. Okay, I went through too. So much I remember, I remember my grandfather. Um, like after the after with, after the Easter season and with the the Easter water, the Easter holy water, and then coming around to our house and then him blessing our cars like Mm. every year or blessing our home every year. So that's doable, right? Right. Yes. So this is something that we can do even without calling the priest in that certain situation. Yeah. 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 The home, there's like an extra blessing if a priest is doing it, Mm -hmm. you know, you'd make the sign of the cross over it, but Mm -hmm. otherwise somebody would just thank God and ask him to Mm -hmm. bless the whatever vehicle, Mm -hmm. home, all Mm -hmm. that. 
yeah, it's a fond memory I have of my grandfather yeah, doing that. That's cool. Okay, so then paragraph 1673. Oh, yeah. yeah. A very particular sacramental yeah, so, known as an exorcism. Right, and this gives us the details, lays this out here in this, in this paragraph. Very interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say about that, Father Sean? It actually, like, honestly, we could probably do a whole mm-hmm. podcast about this, mm-hmm. um, but it, the, the paragraph really breaks it down mm-hmm. rather nicely. Um, what an exorcism is. Um, in its simple form, an exorcism is performed at the celebration of baptism. So there is a prayer right before the child is anointed on their chest. There's a prayer of exorcism asking them to be free from original sin. But then uh, a more the solemn exorcism is called a major exorcism, which can only be performed by a priest and with the permission of the bishop. So if Father So-and-so just says, hey, let me come over. And, and so this exorcism is very specific. There's a particular rite of the church that is hard to come across. Like you can't go on Amazon and buy the right of exorcism unless somebody has stolen a copy and is just trying to, um, to get it out there. So um, it's a right of the church. It's hard to come by. Really only your bishop can get it to you unless, you know, there's, there's always a black market. So mm-hmm. either a bishop does it or a priest with the permission of the bishop. Um, and then it, this talks about the prudence, strictly observing the rules established by the church. So one of those rules is, ruling out mental illness and it, and it comes in here because sometimes they have similar, similar things. And there's exorcists have various ways of kind of discerning whether or not this is mental illness. One of them is a psychological evaluation, psychiatric evaluation. Sometimes you don't even know, need to go that far. And you're just like, yeah, this is, this is not the work of, of the devil. So, um, yeah. So it's really important. This is actually something that's come up in my own life in different ways and to hear the church teaching on this, right? Because I think sometimes we, we assume, so we're going through this trial, we're going through this um, struggle, we're going through this. And I don't think we assume that we've been possessed by the devil, but we assume that we need some sort of an exorcism or we need to cast out some sort of a demon. We just, we jump to that assumption maybe as spiritual persons. And certainly we are at war and, and the devil is a real thing. And we're all battling that in certain ways. Um, but I think I think to know that the church encourages us and the church tells us, you know, we need to rule out other things sure. first before we just assume that this is a possession of the evil one and we need to call in the the you know wisdom. The the exorcist. Sure. The official exorcist of the archdiocese to do this type of a thing, right? Right. And so there's like a difference between possession and oppression. Right? Possession mm-hmm. would be that the devil has taken you the person has willingly let the devil overtake their f- faculties mm-hmm. and you know the the devil speaks through their mouth mm-hmm. gives you know acts through the person mm-hmm. um so that is possession specifically that's what an exorcism's need for oppression is basically like temptation from the devil you think mm-hmm. about jesus in the desert where the devil came and tempted him mm-hmm. that th- that is um that's oppression so mm-hmm. there's different prayers you know like the saint michael prayer mm-hmm. would be perfect something for um for oppression mm-hmm. um yeah so that's generally what where, you know, what's, what's going on mm-hmm. is if there is something of the devil, it's, mm-hmm. it's oppression, which is constant, right? The mm-hmm. devil's always working to take down the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are like psychological things, you know, mm-hmm. to, um, but who's, who's to say the devil's not in work, you know, to cause let's, let's just say, you know, somebody, somebody was mugged in an alley. Mm-hmm. Right. And now, and now they're they're They live with like effects of that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not necessarily the devil, but I, Sure, say the devil has his his way in that mugging mm-hmm. and the after effects and all mm-hmm. that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, interesting. 
And so providentially, you had a speaker in the parishes not too long ago that spoke at one of the events on this, um, a former exorcist, right? Current. Current. Okay. And so that you can still watch that. That's still available. It's on our Facebook page. So you have to scroll through. It would have been at the end of uh, July. I thought it was on the YouTube page too. No. Oh, could have been. Could have been. Um, But uh, anyway, it was done at a Theologically Thirsty Thursday event. Yeah. And so you can find that on the Petersburg Parishes. Facebook page for sure. Yeah, probably is on the YouTube. Though. I think it might be on the YouTube okay. page as well. Cool. Um, so if you're interested in hearing more about that. Okay. And then the last section of this, of the catechism here is a section called popular piety, which you yeah. have dope books on too. I, I have, I have maybe one of the, the dopest books that's <laughs> ever. So I guess the first thing yeah. is like, what is popular sure. piety? It's a pr- specific um, category of sacramentals, mm-hmm. whereas blessings would be one, but popular piety would be all of those, all of those devotions really mm-hmm. that kind of come from or lead us like to the liturgy come from the, the liturgy. Um, so it's like the religious sense of the Christian people is it's finds expressions in different ways. And the ways that people have expressed their faith in popular piety is endless. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about like the, the rosary would mm-hmm. fall into this category where the rosary is not a sacrament. Mm-hmm. The blessing of a rosary is a blessing, but it's a popular piety. You know, the ways that people use to draw close to the Lord mm-hmm. and prepare themselves for the sacraments mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So, so what I brought mm-hmm. was the directory on popular piety and the liturgy principles and guidelines. So it's a Vatican document that came out, I don't know, a few years back, but uh, 2001. And kind of what happened after the Second Vatican Council, so before the Second Vatican Council was just devotional life was enormous, you know, like, and you could go, you know, there was shrines to the Sacred Heart. There's people, you know, um, I don't know, sometimes they talk about people praying the rosary during mass. And so there became this like, like popular piety was maybe overemphasized and the liturgy was de-emphasized. Okay. Right. And then after the second Vatican council, things radically swung the other way where it's like that popular piety is just superstitious. It's, it's uh, for those who don't understand the actual liturgy and it swung to that side. Okay. John Paul II, you know, we, we talk about him all the time. Yeah. He, his Polish mentality has a great love for popular piety because it's that, they got the Polish people through the Nazis, through the communists. And so when they, you know, the liturgy just couldn't be celebrated. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, you know, had, he had always been, he loves, loves the rosary, loves the divine mercy, all of these certain mm-hmm. things. So it's his kind of, um, I think it's his impetus that this document was born. Mm-hmm. that tried to find some sort of like both and mentality mm-hmm. of the liturgy, which is the universal church, but popular piety is in some ways like culturally tied. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, there's certain things that go all over, all over the world, like the rosary, for example. Mm-hmm. But you think about the divine mercy devotion. Mm-hmm. You go to Poland, that thing is exploding. It's mm-hmm. a little, di- it's big here, but mm-hmm. not quite as big. And there's other things mm-hmm. like in our area, the Shinstat movement mm-hmm. is, is a rather big movement of mm-hmm. popular piety mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. There's a lot of other aspects of it, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I don't know if that... Uh, it does. So that's, yeah. that's good to, to think about this. And I, I loved paragraph 1675, which touches on this, this balance between the liturgy and then the sacramentals, popular piety. So it reads, these expressions of piety extend the liturgical life of the church, but do not replace it. They should be so drawn up that they harmonize with the liturgical seasons, accord with the sacred liturgy, are in some way derived from it and lead the people to it. 
since in fact the liturgy by its very nature is far superior to any of them. I just loved that wording. So they should be so that they they are derived from the liturgy and that they send people to the liturgy, right? right? So again, like you're mentioning this both and, there's a place for both, right? right. Um, I was thinking yeah. in that paragraph about the Stations of the Cross. Okay. Right, like the Stations of the Cross, you know, because it talked about seasons. Mm-hmm. So the Stations of the Cross are a very Lenten observance mm-hmm. and they're things that, are, are wonderful, but you wouldn't say like, I'm going to the stations of the cross on Friday. I don't need to go to mass on Sunday. Right. It's True. supposed to like when you recognize the cross of following Christ and his redemption, it's like, Oh, that should take us to mass because yeah. that's where that's where it's lived, where it's represented to us, the sacrifice at Calvary. So yeah. the stations just, I, I love the stations of the cross, mm-hmm. but there's this great kind of, it, it harmonizes with the, the liturgy and even like in like really practical ways, like starting with the sign of the cross. That's how we start mass. If a priest or deacon's leading it, ending with a blessing, mm-hmm. you know, all of those, those, that kind of rhythm that's in the, mm-hmm. in the liturgy. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Then I think the last paragraph is kind of like a, sort of a disclaimer, right? Yeah. Because we can get all of this stuff. It can get all twisted and it can lose kind of its balance and lose its purpose. And we can like get focused on the wrong things. And like you mentioned, um, praying the rosary is this beautiful po- devotion, this beautiful act of popular piety. But should we be praying the rosary while we are at mass instead of really participating in the Holy Mass? Sure. Ah, probably not. Right. Probably not. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so anyway, this, this kind of, I guess, reads sort of as a disclaimer. Pastoral discernment is needed to sustain and support popular piety and, if necessary, to purify and correct the religious sense which underlies these devotions so that the faithful may advance in knowledge of the mystery of Christ. And that's a, that's a really big responsibility of a bishop and people who advise him. Because if, uh, let's just say, and this happened with the Divine Mercy devotion, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the Divine Mercy devotion went to Rome mm-hmm. to say, like, can we have this? Mm-hmm. And what Rome actually got was a terrible translation of St. Faustina's diary. Mm-hmm. And Rome said, you know, this is, this is not in accord with the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, people were upset by that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the church has this responsibility to make sure. Now, Guess who it was that got a good translation to Rome? JP two. John Paul II. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to make sure to say, hey, look, you guys, you know, it, it, you weren't fully informed, and so the church, in its in its humility, said, all right, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, so divine mercy. So like there are there are ways that popular piety can come can come out, mm-hmm. and people maybe with good intentions are are actually not in harmony with the faith, and it's actually not. Um, it's in contradiction to the Catholic faith. So that becomes the bishop's job and probably at the advice of his pastors, theologians to say like, we, we can't be having this devotion. And, and I could only imagine if you had to do that, like how incensed people would be. Cause they're like, he's killing the faith, but mm-hmm. there is a, there is a place for that. Um, it's a responsibility of yeah. Holy Mother Church. Right? right to guide us and to make sure we're not led astray by the many many false prophets right. that are in the world and so she, she has a she has a responsibility to tell us especially when something is becoming very popular when right. it's really starting to like a lot of people are being drawn to it i mean that's one of the jobs of holy right. mother church is to is to direct us and so yeah there's many things that like seem good and seem holy and seem right and then like you start going through it and it's like, ah, but this isn't right. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's not what the church teaches. Right. Um, and so anyway, yeah, we have to watch out for that and we have to trust Holy Mother Church and um, with great patience. And I think the saints that have come before us who perhaps the Lord has used these saints as instruments to bring this popular piety. Right. So um, like the, the devotion to the miraculous medal and that came through um, 
Catherine Labore. Catherine, yeah. So, so like just that, that these saints have patience. Like they feel like the Lord right. is putting this on their heart, but also we have to trust and be obedient to Holy Mother Church and what Holy Mother Church would say, right? Right. And even like St. Margaret Mary Alacoque received yeah. the revelation of the Sacred Heart. Yeah. And, you know, the Lord said, we want, I, want a, I want a feast day the, after Corpus Christi to be dedicated to the Sacred Heart. It happened, but I'm pretty sure she was already dead by the time mm-hmm. the church approved the feast day of the Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. And so um, sometimes we do get a little flustered, like, why is the church being so slow and all mm-hmm. this? It's like, well, that's a big thing to put a new mm-hmm. feast day on the liturgical calendar. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's take our time. Yeah, and discern it properly. Right? And, and even Faustina, the Divine Mercy yeah. Feast Day wasn't on the Universal Calendar until 2000. Mm-hmm. She was long dead by that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, God's timing is always perfect, and His providence sure. always plays out. And so, yeah, patience on our end, right, and and faithfulness um, to the Church. Even thinking about Saint Teresa of Calcutta and her obedience to the Church, and her feeling this desire to serve the poorest of the poor but she's in vows in another order, right? Right. And so she has to get special permission to leave her order. It was met with a lot of opposition at first. It didn't just happen overnight. Um, Even though she was certain that this call was coming from God and this is what she was being asked to do, she was never disobedient to Holy Mother Church and respected that process. So um, just something to keep in mind. Okay. Yep. Anything else with any of this, Father Sean? I think that pretty much ties a bow on it. I love that. How have we not said that before? I don't know. I I don't know. So is it time to cross this one off? Cross it off and throw the dart and let's see where we are going next. Sacramentals. Sacred signs instituted by the church. They prepare men to receive the fruit of the sacraments and sanctify different circumstances of life. All right. Where are we going, man? Oh, it was a no look throw. Oh, holy orders, the right and the effects. Ooh, good. Cool. That is... 1572 through 1589. <laughs> We ask that you continue to guide us and protect us, that you continue to keep us on the straight and narrow. We ask that you bless all of those who are in special need today, those who are struggling, those who are confused, those who are maybe lost in the the mess of the false prophets that are living amongst us. We ask that you bring us all back into your loving arms and that you keep us there now and forever. We place all of our loved ones and all of our intentions into the hands of the Blessed Mother as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.